If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. So the MK party is now the talk of the town and a poll released by the Social Research Foundation on Monday revealed the ANC could lose close to a half of its support in KZN, uh, obviously losing to MK. Uh, just helping us with those stats and helping us understand this particular poll and uh, how they went about uh, doing this particular poll. We thought, let's bring in Wayne Sussman, who's an election analyst, to help us understand what this all means. Wayne, thanks very much for coming through. Good evening and welcome. It's great to be speaking to you again uh, on this very, very exciting year we have ahead of sure. us. It's, it's a big one. So... Um, so far, this MK party seems to be, you know, the talk of the town. We are starting to see it in polls. But let's maybe st- start talking about the the mechanisms that were used during this poll and whether, you know, they have enough samples. Um, how credible is this particular poll to begin with so that we can understand to what extent we can believe it or buy into it? Sure. So over 800 people were uh, polled. Um in KwaZulu-Natal, just in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, if... These are registered voters. These are registered voters in KwaZulu-Natal. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a significant number. Yeah. Um, often you'll hear about nationwide polls of about 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be, in that sample of 3,000, you're not going to be profiling 800 people in KwaZulu-Natal. Mm-hmm. So that is a serious number which you have to take, uh, which you can't Seriously. dismiss. Yeah, yeah. Um, the number, though, of 24 25% for MK is extremely high. Um, there's a marginal error there they've given us. There's a margin of error. Yeah. But uh, there's just two nuggets of information because whenever we speak about um, trends or opinions, let's try back it up with some data mm-hmm. and let's back it up with uh, things we've learned over the last few weeks. Um, so I'd like to... Yes, please. Okay, so that number of MK and 24%. So mm-hmm. the first one is the second registration weekend. Why am I focusing on this? Mm-hmm. Because if Party A or Party B had a presence on registration weekend, mm-hmm. I'm going to reach the realistic conclusion that they're likely to have a presence in the same voting station on election day. Yes. What I'm not saying is, is that if you weren't there, you're not going to be there on election day. What I'm saying is, if you were there, you're very, very likely to be be there. there. So what we established from the registration weekend is that MK had a great presence in KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng and some parts of Mpumalanga. This party might have officially been launched with Jacob Zuma's blessing in December 2023, mm-hmm. but this, the talks and the planning, um, and I, what was evident on this registration weekend, yeah. dates back lo- a few months before that. Yes. So therefore, it shows that they have organisational capability. That's what I thought. Yeah. Then trends. And if you are speaking to me on Thursday night, not on this beautiful uh, <laughs> Tuesday evening in uh, Gauteng, yes. we would have another bit of data because MK are um, contesting another by-election tomorrow. Yes. Let me just explain uh, to the listeners that it's very rare for new political parties, especially before a national election year, to contest by-elections before the national election. Hmm. Um, Action SA didn't do it. The EFF didn't do it. 
Um, so what MK did, and other parties also doing it, is quite significant. Mm. So last week in Freyheit in Abakulusi, which is northern KwaZulu-Natal, MK contested their first election. By-election. By-election. Yeah. And it's their first ever election, but yeah, correct, yeah. their first by-election. So what happened in that by-election? They got 19% of the vote. That's significant. That is significant. Um, but who did they take votes from? EFF. They took votes from the EFF, yeah. from the National Freedom Party, uh, and the IFP. Hmm. Now, what is important um, to understand here is that they, the ANC, they didn't take much votes from the ANC, but we haven't seen by-elections in ANC strongholds yet. I'm very sure that when we start seeing, and we certainly will see by-elections in ANC strongholds in KwaZulu-Natal before the 2024 elections, you'll see the same thing happening. So MK are going to be a factor. The million-dollar question is, will they be a 24%, 25% factor in KZN? Mm-hmm. And that's why France Cronier is correct. 25% of the vote in KZN is 5% of the national vote. Yep. That is a significant number, and you're not even speaking about Gauteng and Mpumalanga or other provinces. But I'm keen to talk about that IFP loss. Um, where they've eaten into IFP's pie. I think that's significant in KZN. Yes, so this is, we knew that MK had to affect the ANC. We didn't know how much. And we're still going to see that. But let's remember something about Jacob Zuma. And here it is, he's taking votes from the EFF, the National Freedom Party and the IFP. Mm Jacob Zuma uh, ate the IFP for breakfast when he was president of the ANC. We remember the election results in 2009 and 2014. Very poor returns for the IFP. So Jacob Zuma was able to appeal to that traditional Zulu voter market. Mm Jacob Zuma is also able to appeal to some of the EFF radical economic transformation market. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something which he has championed himself on, certainly since he's left the ANC. So that's why it makes sense to me that he is able to take votes from both of those parties. He's able to appeal to those voters. But the IFP should be concerned. Um, At the start of uh, this year... And I somehow still think that. I think the IFP are going to be big winners in this election. You think? But if Zuma gathers momentum, then my my forecast could well be wrong. You think they will still make some ground without Prince Mangusutu Butelezi? Yeah, I I think um, under Velen Kosini Khlabisa and with Tami uh, Intuli, Mm -hmm. uh, the candidate for Premier, they have the candidate. They have the. They would good potential. Okay. Uh, we're going to see a by-election in Newcastle tomorrow. As I always say to you, one by-election doesn't make an electoral summer. Sure. But I, I wouldn't. I think KZN is very fluid right now. Uh, you also have someone like Chris Pappas from the DA, who I think can energise not new voters to come to the DA, but hyper-energized traditional DA voters from the white and Indian community. And then you've got all these, there's this Team Sugar Party in Newcastle. There is um, Jacob Zuma's old friend, PG Mavundla in Greytown. So there's a lot of dynamics in KZN. Papas, you don't think he should be worried? I mean, his own in, his own party, they were challenging him in KZN saying, no, 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 you know, you're not really the kind of candidate we want you to be for this particular constituency. And that was his own party. 
Yeah, I, I think Pappas will energize his base. Mm-hmm. I also think amongst Indian voters right now, and things can change before the election, um, there are a myriad of parties which specifically come from the Indian community. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have the the potential right now to appeal to that constituency as Chris Pappas does. Mm. So, but again, we've got a lot to see. Can we're starting to see the manifestos. We saw the EFF manifesto last week in KwaZulu-Natal. That's interesting, by the way. Mm-hmm. Three parties, three major parties, the ANC, the IFP, and EFF, EFF yeah. are doing the manifesto launch, not just in KZN, but at Moses Mabida Stadium, the greatest stadium of them all in KwaZulu-Natal. Yeah. So it just shows how important KZN will be in this election. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about polls indicating what's happening in Nganda with MK Party. I'm surprised by that. Well, just to remind the listeners that the IFP have actually governed in Kandla um, in 20, uh, I think it's the last three elections, 2011, 2016, 2021. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Imsinga and, um, and Ulundi, which is, that's IFP heartland, but in Kandla's consistent IFP territory, and that's something Jacob Zuma's always had to live with, the yeah. fact that the IFP, He's, of course, popular, yes, but in Nkandla, the IFP remains the most popular party. I think it's very interesting. What do you think he will do in Gauteng? What kind of a dent do you think the MK uh, party will make in Gauteng, if any? Yeah, so again, when we see um, people form parties, what else should we be looking for? Mm-hmm. If, if Jacob Zuma can take activists, branches, structures, donors with him from the ANC, mm-hmm. that can be far more impactful than, say, a member of parliament or a council who's got no constituency. So let's see who he can assemble in Gauteng. Remember, there are a lot of um, Zulu speakers uh, in Gauteng. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very sure he's going to focus. This is the province where he'll spend the second most amount of time. One, it makes sense because there are a lot of voters here. And also in Pumalanga, I think, is... I remember the Premier League, which is close Mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is somewhere where he'll also campaign. Maybe also the Northwest. He'll leave the Free State alone. Interesting. Because of who's the former Secretary General of of ANC, (laughs) Ace Mahashule. He has his own party called ACT, yeah. and I think there will be a non-aggression pact. That I, I was about to ask you, there may be some sort of a relationship there that they may discuss. Yeah, I think um, Mahashule has a deep network in the Free State, yep. um, and he has the ability to take some votes. Mm. And remember, this is one thing, there's a very neat thing in our politics, uh, in the ANC's electoral performance, let me rather put it like that. Mm-hmm. Since if you look at the ANC performance, 2004 to 2009, they declined 4% in 2009. Mm. They go from 70% to 66%. 2009 to 2014, another 4%. Mm. So they go from 66 to 62%. 2014 to 2019, they go from 62% to 58%. Mm. So 4% in all those election cycles. Will they, if they go 4% down this time, they're only down to 54%. Mm-hmm. They get to rule another five years' time. Yeah. The one thing I think is clear is that the EFF, is, who's a two-election uh, ANC breakaway success story, did I put that correctly? A two-election? Yes, yes it I did, is. I did it's put correct. that correctly. Yes. 
is around. There's the MK, Eismachashule, even Herman Mashaba appealed to a lot of voters in Soweto. Mm -hmm. So I do think that the ANC will fall below that additional 4% this mar mm -hmm. uh, this election. Mm -hmm. But the damage will need to be immense for them to fall below 50. I know a lot of opinion polls are saying so, but you run the numbers, it would, the damage to the ANC would need to be immense. You would say they would need more momentum, perhaps. Well, the opposition parties the opposition would need, party and the ANC more time. Would, would need to see more opinion polls like we've so seen out of the Social Research Foundation here. But as things stand, IFP, ANC should kind of worry about the MK party, especially in case it is. And the EFF. And the EFF. And so many other parties. Yeah. This is an unknown phenomenon. Tomorrow we have a by-election Upungolo in the village of Inkochani, um, which is very close to the Eswatini border. Let's see what, because there the IFP and ANC are more competitive with each other. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see what MK is going to take from both parties tomorrow. It's very <laughs> traditional Northern Queensland Natal, so mm -hmm. maybe they hurt the IFP more. Yes. But let's see what MK can continue to do. And just one thing. Yes, Jacob Zuma is not going to be on the ballot, but I don't think it matters much because Absolutely. he's the talismanic figure. Yes. People know that he is campaigning for this party. His heart is with this party. He wears the T-shirts. He's doing rallies in Gauteng, Queensland Natal, I think also in Pumalanga. He is heart is in this. And if people like Jacob Zuma, MK is their party. I'm going to ask you a political question um, about that very strategy because just like Prince Mangosuto Butelezi, I think I think we're going to see a shift with the IFP with his absence. Relying so heavily on the personality of Jacob Zuma for this political party, what happens when he's no longer there is the big question. Will this party continue with that kind of momentum in his absence? So let's first look at the IFP there. The Velen Kosini Chlabisa was the IFP, I have to get it right, time. the president, president yes. um, in the last election. He yes. led the party, even though Butelezi's um, face, and I think his face it's might changed. still be on the posters. Yes, they said they, they would right. like it to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember doing a show with the senior leader of the IFP a few years ago, and I said, look, it's a great success. People said what Pamela Morten is saying now that uh, Ms. Morten is saying right now that the, that the IFP might implode when Butelezi is no longer there, but yet uh, the IFP is doing better. So I think they have stood the test of time mm -hmm. and I think Velen Kosini Chlabis is uh, finding his voice. I think he's yeah. a unique leader. Uh -huh. He's got a I think politicians must always have a story. Yes. Uh, I think he's a principal in the town of Chlabisa. Um, he's a mayor. Um, and, I mean, he is very impassioned in Parliament today. So I, I, I think the IFP will be... I think the IFP have to worry more about MK fishing in that traditional Zulu voter market yes. than worrying about Butelezi not being on the, uh, around. But MK and so the reliance so heavily on... Well, uh, they are incredibly reliant. Yeah. So they're... Even the IFP have people like Tami and Tuli who's yes. running for the... Pre they've got two, two faces now. Yeah. Um, and the legacy of Butelezi. I agree with you that if, and remember, and well, by the they've way... they've also got Tlangwa in, in Parliament who's doing really well. Yes, uh, correct. Quite a phen 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 formidable voice in Parliament as well. 100%. Yeah. And he's given a more youthful yeah. face to the IFP. Yeah. 
we I'm sure we'll speak about the American elections, baby, down after our elections. Yes. But there you have the real case of two people in their 80s oh. who are running for president. That is a health risk. Jacob Zuma is not a young man. Uh, he's fit. Um, he can sing beautifully. He um, is charismatic on stage. But he's over the age of 80. Without him, Wayne, I don't know how He far. couldn't speak at the launch of his political party. He that, had to ask his daughter to speak for him. That's a concern. At, well, th- there are two things to it. It's a concern. It's also quite phenomen- phenomenal that without being able to speak at his launch, he still was able to garner the kind of support that he has. So, I mean, you've got quite an interesting situation here where someone who is older, someone who we know is sometimes is sick and so on, is able to move the needle in this way. I think it's quite phenomenal. If he has energy um, and he's able to literally find his voice, the better it will be for the MK. If he's not uh, around, if he's not being spoken about, the worse it is for for MK. Well, appreciate your time there. Thank you so much for coming through. Elections Analyst Wayne Sussman. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.